Welcome to a merit-based episode of ARG Presents. I'm your boy, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man fresh off a glorious Christmas day. Give it up for the Brent. I have eaten so much and then <laughs> eaten those foods again and again, and I've loved every minute of it. Listen, I, uh, I'm not going to sit here badmouth you, because I, I, I've done very similar. The, the Christmas deliciousness was uh, abundant. We had uh, ham and turkey at my mom's. You know, uh, uh, due to the unpleasantness, we couldn't have a big gathering, so I didn't even see the Brent for Christmas. Yeah, but, uh, yeah it's true. We sort of each visited my my, my parents uh, for briefly. Did you ever go down there? I can't remember. Did you stop yeah, by? Terry and I went by. We were there for uh, about an hour. We we wore masks the whole time. Yeah, and then and we then, went over to her parents' house, and I wore a mask the whole time. I'm the I well, I don't know. The kids, I guess, are at this point equal riskiness as I am, uh, but you know, yeah, I don't want to get anybody sick. It's funny. I see no one, uh, and despite the fact that I go work in prisons occasionally, I see no one hardly, uh, and I feel pretty good. In fact, I've never had a, uh, a got. I'm going to knock on wood. I've never had a healthier year in terms of being sick. I did. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that I've been told is the fact that kids not going to school and bringing all that crap home. Well, and also you have to think about it because, like, here's something people don't realize: uh, hospitals are having like their worst years ever. Sure, COVID's you know really bad, and they're full up from that. And and yeah. this doesn't apply to like big cities where they're over capacity, and you got to feel for them. I'm talking yeah. about mid size and small town hospitals. They don't. They don't have the injuries that they normally would have. Like you know, like oh, I broke my arm. Who breaks their arm? No one's going anywhere. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange time indeed. It's gonna be some broken arms from the amount of people that are sick of looking at each other right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now, people are probably getting rid of breaking arms. Speaking of arm breaking and try, and, and list making, uh, we spun the wheel last week. Yes, and came up with the unusual first time deal. And we're going to be doing the high score challenge. Yes. Brent, tell the people what is entailed in this high score challenge. You mean just for our little thing? Just, yeah. And, and tell them what the whole concept behind this piece you Well, made you know, we, we picked two games uh, from the vast assortment of games and decided we were going to challenge our community to uh, go for the high score, right? Just, and... We're not, this isn't some militant thing. We just, screenshots at the end were all we really cared about. <clears throat> and, and we had, uh, you know, we had a few entries. This was probably the worst week to do this. Because uh, I know everyone was, <laughs> yeah. everyone was extremely busy. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, high score challenges, Aaron. You know, ever since the arcades first came to be, you had high score challenges. And yeah. it, it's it's crazy, Uh Speed runs have kind of replaced high score challenges in a, a, a lot of ways. Normally, people will do a speed run before they'll do high scores now, uh, or, or at least they get a lot more press. But high score challenges are still alive and well. The uh, game I played, Popeye, the high score for it was set in 2017. So it, it, it goes to show that it's still a big part of gaming. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, uh, it's funny you should mention speedruns. And they had speedruns really, there were no speedruns as far as I know back in the early days. I never heard of such a thing until. Uh, right. Really, you, I think that might be a YouTube phenomenon more than anything else. But Well, it, it's gone on. It, it 
you, uh, YouTube well, definitely saying, gained that's where its popularity. Yeah. No, no, no. They were doing speed runs back before YouTube even existed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I watched, occasionally I'll watch a speed reference. I don't want to watch some uh, some sucker twi- try a uh, 700-hour uh, speed run, but I'll watch one occasionally. And it, what I find more fascinating is when people try to fake them. Those are the best. I, I do enjoy videos where they expose these suckers. And what I like is that uh, there's like a committee of these speedrunners that are all like seasoned pros. Because one thing I've learned about being like a real big time speedrunner, and it's sort of like the same thing with a high score person. You basically have to dedicate your life to it because there's other people dedicate their life to it. Yeah. And, they're li- and they'll go. They don't have nothing else going on. You know, and so... Uh, uh, the community is super tight and they're also uh very they're judgmental i guess is the best way to put it like i saw a couple people they talked about who got high score challenges but their reputation wasn't the best and despite the fact that the hot the speedrunners couldn't find anything wrong with the video they submitted they still wouldn't accept well the score. no that's not true i actually know who you're talking about oh this and is multiple people not just one i saw this happen a couple times they usually, wouldn't accept scores usually when that is the case uh, it is because they've been caught cheating on other games in the past. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Just like high scores, and, and we need to mention the elephant in the room, that's not you. Uh, oh! Billy Mitchell, you know, darling of video games, now, you know, kind of the pariah, yeah. because he he has uh, uh, been caught, proven, if you will, uh, cheating and saying that high score happened on what appears to have been either a modified board or, you know, there are times that he's he's come up with uh, uh, safe states and stuff like that. And it, it's super tarnishes reputation. And really, in my opinion, you have to question. There's no question. Uh, let me back up. There's no question Billy is, is good at gaming. Right, you because he he's, oh, yeah. he is. Uh, however, you have to question <clears throat> his high scores from beginning to end. When you get caught cheating, that's that's a thing. You know, that's a thing that happens. You, you know, get questioned. I I I really like Billy Mitchell. I mean, and, I, and let me finish that up. He was always uh, he's uh, he's not the arrogant, complete jerk. I no, mean, he's, he's it, that's a character. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I mean. He's not the biggest scumbag from like King of Kong, which is a great flick. Well, he's one of the all-time great heels. And when he turned up in wrestling about a month ago, I've almost died. He's perfect fit for pro wrestling. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he did tarnish his legacy with his. Uh, and what the sad thing is, uh, he didn't need to do it. He could. I mean, listen, he's great. He's proficient at so many games. You don't have to be king of all games. You, I mean, if they had like a uh, uh, track and steel, field style tournament where you played like a multiple games, he would be right up there. He's one of the all-time great players. And it, it's a shame. He did a lot of charity work and whatnot, and it's a shame that his legacy uh, has been tarnished. And plus, you know, the aftermath hasn't been good either, you know? Uh, That's yeah, a- he he has not. He, he uh, all the lawsuits and stuff he's put out, silly. Well, silly. he's trying he doubled, to... When he got caught, he doubled down when he should have yeah. just, you know, said... Okay, well, you know, you got me. Here, the thing, the the the, the long and short of it is, uh, uh, it's a tragedy. He's trying to do what he can to, to salvage his rep. Uh, it's not. I mean, he didn't have any choices because he's. Listen, this is an unforgiving community. They're suspicious. 
They should be, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Uh, because you're talking, I mean, this is one of those internet-based communities a lot of times where you have to take people at their word, and no one's words were the crap, whether yeah. they're good or not, because it's the internet. Just by definition, you're a jerk. You have to prove you're not jerkness. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a shame, because he was to the poster boy, and a lot of those guys were exposed. Uh, the fellow that did the uh, that did the old record on Dragster, was that record stood for a thousand years, and it was proven that he lied about it, you know? Yep. And I will say, at least Billy Mitchell, a lot of the stuff he did was in public. So yeah, that's why people know he's a good player. Uh, but some of these guys, you know, they <laughs> they just make crap up. It's just the yeah. way it is. So it is. It's a real bummer. And so along those lines, uh, I just want to say that I think Brent made up all of his scores today. And I, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on record that my scores are legit. Brent's scores are dubious, to say the least. I believe he was played a... Uh, a crooked machine. That's my guess. Anyway. Hacked hardware. There you I go. I went in and, and hacked the game to be easier to give me more points per thing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's funny. I don't know. Just getting back to Billy for one second. If I was watching uh, one of uh, uh, Jack Flack's streams of the day, and he actually visited Billy's restaurant down there in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was disappointing. And, and he acted like when he ta- asked about Billy Mitchell, they sort of said, they sort of uh, said he doesn't come around, <laughs> basically. So, and they said they had two arcade games in the whole place. So, and it was like, well, there's Pac-Man Galaga, I think was one of them. So it's <laughs> that real letdown uh, visiting the old Billy Mitchell restaurant. But that's the way it goes. I hear his hot sauce is good though. So there you go. <laughs> so, with all that said, uh, we uh, we had to choose two games to go after on high scores, and of course, Brent made it a spur-of-the-moment challenge. So I just had to come up with something around my hiney. I'll lead the charge this week uh, with my game, which was Gyrus. Gyrus. Or if you're an idiot, some people call it Gyrus. Those people are wrong. It's Gyrus. Gyrus, a, a very interesting game uh, that was a arcade port uh, from the arcade, you know, obviously from the arcade. The, uh, uh, the game in the arcade was an awesome game. One of the first games, I believe, Brandon, and I'll stop me if I'm wrong, and I couldn't, I'll look to see if I could find, uh, to find actual <clears> proof of this, but I, I didn't see anywhere, but I think this was the first stereo game. Oh, uh, because, I have no idea. Because Gyrus was a game that was uh, uh, well known for its awesome, awesome sound. It was a great game. Uh, released in 83, the coin-op uh, by Konami. Uh, Gyrus has you circling uh, the top of the screen, it's a shooter-style game that has you shooting from the top of the screen, spinning around almost like uh, you were playing a Tempest, Yeah, uh, but a lot faster. And the enemy is sort mm, of... Not scr- faster. It's faster. Well, you're That's right. It's not Tempest faster pretty, Tempest. It's pretty, Tempest gets pretty fast. Yeah. But uh, the uh, uh, enemy ships kind of swirl in from the outside of the screen and basically descend this like down into effectively what they're going into is it looks like deep space, but it's almost like a pit that they go into, and then they sort of congregate at the bottom of the pit, and then will occasionally come back up. And you've got to try to shoot them and, and kill them all. It's a neat game, but and the game itself would be fine, but it wouldn't be famous without the awesome, the awesome music that's in it because the music really makes the game, doesn't it, Brent? It does. It really helps it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so when, when you when you poured a game like Gyrus, the music was you had to have the music. If you didn't have the music, you would not have the game. That's what blew me away about this game was the fact that they actually managed to get the uh, music down in the Atari version. 
which is what we're looking at. It was at pretty today. close, yeah. And what I it's funny, I played this on stream, uh, Brent. And the first time I played it, I was like, literally, I couldn't believe it, uh, how good it looked. Now, uh, I guess we should probably look at a comparison between the two here, if you're watching at home. Uh, Gyrus is a pretty sharp-looking game, uh, and uh, like I said, it has the sound to boot. The Atari version, you think to yourself, oh, the Atari 2600, pretty remedial system by today's standards. It certainly is. Uh, but it was amazing what they could squeeze out of this thing. And what they squeezed out of this thing was uh, a gyrus-like game. I mean, you get the feeling you're playing gyrus. Of course, you've got the things that Atari uh, 2600 games suffer from, which is a little flicker, not as many not as many characters on the screen, not as much stuff moving on the screen. But for the most part, they get it right. Yeah, uh, it's got a it's got a, a starry background. Uh, you know, when the when the when the things fly by, they when I say star, I mean they they become smaller. Scaling. Uh, you, that's right. And it, well, I mean, I guess you wouldn't really call it scaling. Uh, uh, it's uh, fake know. scaling, right? Yeah. yeah, right, right. But the one thing they brought over was the music, and the music from the uh, from the uh, arcade machine is uh, Takata and Fugue in D minor from Bach. It's an awesome sound uh, when you when it when it starts up. It really kicks up and cranks up to a nice uh, into a nice uh, uh, tune. And the Atari does the same thing. Now the Atari version, I mentioned the uh, arcade version came out in '83. Atari's version came out in '84. Uh, Gyrus got ported to a lot of machines, Brent, but not as it, it wasn't like mega ported, but it got a lot more ports than I thought. There was a 5200 release and an 8 bit release for the Atari, which of course basically the same thing. I didn't realize the Coleco Vision got a port of this. Did you? Did you know no. that? Mm-mm. I never played that. Uh, C64, the NES. Have you ever played the NES version of this? Nope. Yeah, well, that's one to try. Anytime I play this, I, I go arcade. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, of course, Windows. I've got one in one of the retrospectives in the Xbox 360. I believe that was in the part of their uh, the Xbox, whatever that arcade thing was, where you could build your own arcade. I think Gyrus was one of the games in there. Um, Gyrus appeared in the uh, 1001 video games you must play before you die. So, so it, it, it's pretty popular. I looked up how it did in Japan to see if it... If it uh, uh, if the actual arcade machine made any uh, uh, money, and it did, it was listed as amongst the top earners for the year it was released. So it was pretty popular in Japan, uh, Brent. I wanted to see how this thing uh, fared on the on the Atari itself, and I went down a rabbit hole. And I'm going to go off topic for a minute here, but I thought this was so neat that I kind of wanted to share it. I found a list of uh, uh, the top twenty. Uh, Atari 2600 the, by sales, the top games on the Atari 2600. We're not going to go over 20 games, but I will say the games, the the top 10 surprised me. When you think, when you think the Atari 2600, Brent, <clears throat> what what games do you think have in terms of the most popular or best games? Uh, well, I mean, those are two different things, right? What do I think sold the best? Mm-hmm. Pac Man, ET, um. <clears throat> Uh, combat. Well, uh, it, combat was a, uh, uh, or uh, uh, I believe combat was the was shipped with the Atari. For it, it was a pack time. in for some, yeah. So just you're right, it, it, uh, it's surprisingly right, yeah. Because when you think of the 2600, two of the biggest floppery dudes on there. In fact, think about it. This is again they said killed all video games in America, which was ET. E.T. was the ninth best-selling game for the, uh, <laughs> or, or tied for ninth, 
with a million, uh, 1.9 million uh, sales. Uh, so you can't really blame uh, E.T. or uh, Howard Scott Warshaw because they just overproduced the carts. They- well, they, they did overproduce the cart, but you're missing the bigger picture. It stunk. Uh, <laughs> it, people bought the game, and it was massively returned, first well, of all. And hey. second of all, people were not happy with the game. Yeah, Buying the game that. is only half the challenge. It is you- neat. that the, it is neat. First of all, you don't ever take returns. That, they should learn that. Just brief, while the top 10 for this Miss Pac-Man E.T. Demon Attack had 2 million units moved. Frogger. You know, it's amazing how popular Frogger was on these classic systems. Every system, Frogger is amongst the top 10. Uh, and it's such a simple game, but it's always up there. Space Invaders, which is a great... Ver- the, the Toy 600 probably had the best the best Space Invaders ports just because of all the difficulty switch settings. You could, you know, all the different stuff you could do, the game styles. Uh, then you got Missile Command, Asteroids, Pitfall number two, yeah, at four million, and it then Pac Man at seven point six. Pac Man sold seven point seven million units. Yeah, because people that's, wanted it. That's huge. It makes you wonder how many Ataris were out there. Uh, sadly, looking over the top twenty, Gyrus is not on here. Although Parker Brothers did score a top twenty hit with one of their other big hits, uh, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, which is it's had a weird resurgence in popularity here recently. So let's talk about Gyrus, the Atari game, in terms of uh, since this is the high score challenge. Let's talk about uh, Gyrus in terms of strategies in this. Now, Gyrus is a game where uh, uh, you you start off, you go every at the beginning, you go two you go two rounds, and then you basically fly to a planet. There's a backstory to Gyrus, uh, by the way. I should probably mention this because it puts the game in context. This is straight from the manual that came with the the Atari 2600 version. Three billion miles is a long way from home, but there's no shorter route from outer Neptune to Earth. As if that weren't enough, it's got to be a shootout all the way. You alone in your rapid-firing spaceship, swirling in a a circular flight pattern, orbiting to the right, arcing to the left, trying to mow down wave after wave of enemy plane formations, rocketing meteors, and runaway satellites. Stops at Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars. We'll mark your progression towards Earth. Each one's a short visit, though. Then it's off again to the next planet, the next wave of enemies. Reach Earth in one piece, and maybe you'll think twice about leaving home again. Then again, maybe not. So there you go. You're basically trying to get home. It's almost like a Christmas game, Brittany. I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> sure that's why it. not? Everything else seems to be... <laughs> I was disappointed. We mentioned that uh, Space Invaders had all kinds of... Cra- and Asteroids, too. They had all kinds of crazy difficulty switch settings that you could come up with. You could make the asteroids invisible, your ship invisible. You could have... You could do all this crazy stuff. Multiple UFOs. This game just basically has difficulty, ranging from easiest to most difficult, one to four, uh, which, is a bu- which is kind of a bummer. Uh, and... As, aside from that, that's that's pretty much all you've got on on this version. I guess there's not a whole lot you could do with gyres like you could space invaders, but still, that would have been nice. Um, the, again, this game gives you two warps to the first planet, and at, at every subsequent planet, it takes three warps to get to. And after you get to a planet, you get a bonus stage. Now, on the arcade, the bonus stages are labeled like they'll tell you it's a bonus stage. In this game. When you get to a bonus stage, it just starts, and you see that ships aren't shooting at you, and so you know, okay, this is a bonus stage. Well, um, it comes after the planet, so right. But I'm still, it doesn't say bonus stage or anything. 
I was surprised, and I'm not going to go over this because there's a ton of them, but there's a there's a pretty complicated point structure in Gyrus. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking. There's a whole page of different point totals. Uh, and, I mean, some of these, you can really score big points uh, if you uh, know what you're doing. The best thing to do, of course, is try to take out entire formations as they zoom in. You get the most, you get a higher bonus score. Uh, these little satellites will pop out uh, at the beginning, and or when you need them. And what they'll do is, if is if you shoot them, you get it basically doubles your fire. In the arcade, you get basically two shots that come out. And the Atari version, it's more like a staggered shot, isn't it, Brent? They don't really have. I mean, it's still it makes the same difference, but it doesn't look quite the same as it does in the well, arcade. It, it it goes wider. Uh, your your right. single shot is is right down the middle, and then your double shot is left and right of your ship, so it does cover more territory, right? Which is mainly the the benefit. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this one, Brent? Uh, I, I don't know if you ever played. Did you played this one before this week. I have not. Gyrus uh-huh. uh, on the uh, twenty six hundred, mighty impressive. Yeah, oh, Mighty really? Impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. The the, the fake uh, sprite scaling is really well done. The, the sound effects are awesome, or the music, I should say. Uh, the uh, difficulty of this game is the enemies, and it's a lot like the arcade version, the enemies will hide their shots inside of their formations. Yeah. So you are, you're gunning down <clears throat> formations at, when they're flying in, and you'll notice a little yellow dot or cluster of dots that will just sneak right in on you if you're not paying enough attention. So that that's the first thing you have to learn. And then really the game is pretty autopilot up until the asteroids start coming at you. That's that's that was the I got killed by asteroids. That's that's yeah. what got me uh, when I finally went down. Uh, those asteroids whirl out of there with no warning and they're fast. Yeah, there there are very few frames uh, yeah. that they're on screen before they hit you. Plus, they are positioned to where you want to be to shoot the incoming waves. So that's very clever. Um, I, I think this was an incredible port for what the what was possible on the twenty six hundred. I think there are some uh, point total cha- uh, things to look out for when you're going for a high score. Of course clusters uh, of enemies were the biggest but if you shoot too many enemies while they're swarming to the middle you will not get your double shot opportunity and the double shot aliens actually are worth a fair amount of points uh so it it's a give and take sometimes you want to let a wave of enemies go to the middle so that you'll get the satellite pop up for the double shot and the extra points. It's funny. I never did that. Yeah. <laughs> I never did that one time. It's again, there's something about this game is so hot and heavy. And I mean, okay, I've played this in the arcade forever. We, we almost bought one of these, if you'll recall. Yeah. Cause I always love this game. And it, when these guys swirl in and that music, the, it really is a, tight package and it makes you want to just go crazy <laughs> just it really it, nothing there's very few guard cake games that get me in the mood for killing like this game like this stuff swirls in the noises it makes a lot of people call this gyrus in a pit and it's and in some ways that's a lot of like what it is i mean it, in the same way gyrus gets you pumping to go kill stuff this does but gyrus doesn't have the cool music this does and the atari like i said I've, i had a very similar feeling this is when I gyrus played this Oh, I know, but I mean, I'm on the on the twenty six hundred. Oh, give, give you a similar feeling. Now, 
uh, I want to go over my the scores here, Brent. Okay, uh, real real quick. Uh, and I will say, uh, um, disclaimer, disclaimer, I, I, no, disclaimer. I, I, this was a holiday week, so I, but we still actually did pretty well on in terms of getting some action on these games. Uh, I wish I'd gotten to play these more than I did. I've played a ton of Gyrus, and I think I could do better, but this was the best I could do this week. So we had a list of people that sent in scores. I'm going to go down the list in the order of from lowest to highest score. Coming in uh, in, in last last place, our buddy Frodo and L kicked in with uh, 4,400 points. Uh, the boat had got 69,100 points. Myself... Came in after the boat. They got to beat him. 105,800 points. Brent, you just nipped by me at 109,300. Uh, Z9K9 with bananas with 196,400 points. But the big, the king dong of, of Jairus on the 2600, Mitsuyama, 205,000 points. Yeah. A, a real hefty good score. score. Real good now, score. Now, I, I will say. I felt pretty good about my score. I still do, to be honest with you. I didn't lose by that much. Uh, this uh, game, you lost by over... Well, I didn't lose to you <laughs> by that much. But the truth of the matter is, this game, you're cruising along, you're cruising along, and then it goes down. Uh, I mean, it, instantly, the mood changes, doesn't it, Brad? The, the difficulty ramps yeah. up pretty good. Like, it Jairus takes a is while, like, but it, it gets It takes there. off the training wheels, and then once the training wheels come off, it's time to die a lot. So, there you go. Uh... I did look up some reviews on this game, believe it or not. Well, shoot the uh, Discord reviews. Well, I will. Uh, I, I, I looked up some reviews on this, and I would, And these are reviews. Of course, a lot of these are more modern reviews. Uh, from 2003, the video game critic gave this thing a B. Uh, Woodgrain Wonderland, which is a great name. This is from 2017, gave this a B-. minus. The All-Star Game Guide must have been... Uh, losing their mind, they gave us like two out of five stars, which is I think is a, yeah. a that that's two. why I don't go over loser reviews. Well, I, <laughs> listen, I'm not gonna call them losers. I'm just saying they're losers. So uh, let's go to our uh, Discord. We got some reviews. This is from the boat. He writes, "Gyrus, it's pronounced guy R us." He says, which I disagree. It's probably the best arcade conversion on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Scaling sprites, six on-screen enemy ships at once, bonus stage, animation of your ship zooming off into the next zone, and most mind-blowing of all, a full polyphonic soundtrack powered by none other than J.S. Bach himself. This is a must-play if you're a 2600 fan, and worth a go even uh, if you're not, just to see how far the system can be pushed, even before the homebrew scenes. And Boat, Boat was a big fan yeah. of this game. I agree, this is one you've got to play. Uh, Mitsuyama chimed in as well. He said, this is a great little game. I can't comment on how close this is the arcade original, but it doesn't matter as it's still a great game, even on its own right. Fun, addictive, responsive, and fantastic soundtrack to boot. I can imagine any 2600... I can imagine any 2600 owner getting this in 84 would have been well uh, shoved with it. 8 out of 10. So uh, Two positive scores for that game. I looked up some extra bonus goodies on this. So, uh, believe it or not, you know, we do, we, we cover a lot of, of the old ZX, Brent. There was a ZX port of this game by Parker Brothers that was announced uh, and was going to uh, be released. Guess what? Never got made. This and Star Wars were both announced. Never got made by Parker Brothers, but, but Domark stepped in and did the Star Wars game for the Spectrum, which is pretty good. But the Spectrum apparently never got an official version of Gyrus, so that's a bummer for them. Overall, though, a fun game. 
I wish I'd done better, but I'm, I'll stand by my score on this. This game is uh, – uh, uh, they did a good job giving everything you got from the Toy Center to put this game over. Big thumbs up for me. Great controls, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and uh, one more thing I should mention. In the arcade, one of the best parts is when you finish a stage and you're heading to a planet – you could control your ship all the way to the planet. It's yep. a it's a it's a dumb thing. It has nothing to do with any victory game. lap. <laughs> and you can do that in this game too. They put that in. Yep. So those are the little attention to details that I enjoy. So there you go. So Brinster, what do you have to uh, push up this week in the high score challenge? Well, I went with a game that I thought that everyone was gonna to uh uh put up competitive scores with not because it's an easy game, but because uh, it's a learning game. You can actually really, with enough play, you can kind of see how this game works. And I chose Popeye from the arcade. <clears throat> and it, I'll have to say, Aaron, I would have thought this would have got a lot more uh, high score entries back in the day. It's an incredibly colorful game, uh, and it did something just different enough than everything that was going on around it that I thought it would stick out. But the reviews for this for the time of its release were really poor. Uh, a lot of people, really? yeah, a lot of people just said, you know what, this is just doing the same old, uh, you're not giving us anything new. A lot of people did comment that the graphics were incredibly colorful and, uh, well done, but they felt the gameplay itself was, uh, tiresome. It, it, you know, it's been done to death. It has? What I, other I, game is like Popeye? I, Name I, one. I'm just telling you. why. I, these, these aren't my opinions. This is just what uh, you know, others have reviewed. There there was a time, okay? And I know, especially the number one culprit is Donkey Kong, okay? And this is a Nintendo game, and it came after Donkey Kong. And Donkey Kong was supposed to be Popeye. I'm sure I'll get into this, but... Uh, they, that everything that they just assumed that Donkey Kong was a game and everyone was ripping it off. They didn't give. They didn't think to themselves, "Hey, there's a new genre here called platform gaming." No, I didn't see it that way. Every game ripped off Donkey Kong, and so th- I wouldn't be surprised if this game fell into that trap. And it's the, not the least bit like Donkey Kong. Idiots. Well, carry I, on. It, you have to also remember this came out uh, towards the fall of the arcades. <laughs> Where people, the, uh, you know, people weren't willing to uh, give things the benefit of the doubt anymore. They they wanted new, they wanted innovative, and they wanted it now. And, and I I understand when the time when this was released, you know, uh, people reviewers, you know, magazines that did this sort of stuff for a living, why they would be a little jaded to Popeye. However, I, I completely disagree with what they're saying. I think this is a very unique game. Uh, I think it's a very colorful game. I think the sound on it is good, not great. And I think the gameplay is really very unique and, and very challenging. So for Popeye, uh, you play as Popeye, and you are trying to win the affection of Olive Oil. Uh, to do this, Olive Oil is throwing down her love uh, in various forms. Now, the first stage, she'll throw hearts, and you have to collect the hearts before they get to the bottom, and if if they sit at the bottom for too long, uh, they'll sink and and, and break, 
and basically you'll you'll lose a life and have to kind of start again. What makes this very unique is the multi-level. It's a single screen game, uh, and there's three different screens. The uh, enemy Bluto will basically kill you if you touch him. Plus, he can jump up and down platforms. Plus, he can uh, do a double dive where he'll jump two platforms down. And really, nowhere is safe. It's all about uh, controlling your environment and, and being where he's not. Also, you have the Sea Hag who is trying to help Bluto out. He'll uh, she'll throw bottles from either end of the screen, and also Bluto himself has a projectile attack. So it, it gives you a lot of things to watch out for. Not necessarily enemy variety because. Uh, he's kind of Bluto is kind of the same on every stage. He has the same move set everywhere he goes. The only attack you have, and this is sort of a Energizer type style power up, is you can collect a can of spinach once per stage that allows you to uh, hit him and send him flying, and, and that kind of takes care of him for a little while. Uh, the second stage is uh, almost like a night scene, and you are uh, traveling a landscape while uh, olive oil sings to you, and, and, and music notes come out. And you have to collect those, and it has a... Well, the, the setup is pretty much the same. You have uh, four levels that you can traverse through ladders. Uh, it also has a seesaw mechanic that allows you to quickly return to the top, and uh, it has the same enemies, the same feel as the first level. It's it's very unique. It's very uh, familiar, I mean. And then your final stage is on a pirate ship, and you have to... Uh, Olive Oil is yelling for help, and you have to basically uh, catch her letters, which build a ladder to the top where she is standing and you will then repeat the stages and all repeat stages have more difficulty. Now, why did I pick this as a high score game? Well, first of all, there are there are point opportunities that you probably wouldn't consider in normal gameplay. Uh, for example, on the ship stage, you get a thousand points for hitting the vulture. That is the single highest point total you can get over and over. There are other bonus ways to get points that you can do once a stage. But a thousand points in this game is a lot of points. I beat the hell out of that Vulture. <clears throat> yeah. I, I picked up on that pretty... I knew about that. And so anytime I... I was like a... a, a I was a... A anti-vulture missile everywhere he went my fist was so i understand that one all too well and uh the other thing th that the uh high score for the you know the world record for this game uh bluto will throw uh bottles and if you position yourself just perfectly he'll continuously throw bottles and every time you hit and break a bottle it's a hundred points so you can actually kind of set it up where he throws 16 bottles at you. 
And when you when that happens, you know, that's a lot of points as long as you can keep up with your punch button. And the punch button is only good for breaking bottles, collecting spinach, and on the first board, there's a barrel that is overhead that you can hit a punching bag and drop the barrel down. And if you get it over uh, Blutus's head, you get a you get a bonus point for bonus points for that. You know, you combined their names just now. I know. I like it. Bru- <laughs> Bluto and Brutus. You can be called him Blutus. I, I Blutus. Know. That's what he should be known as. Blutus. <clears throat> That's both the guys. <laughs> so, uh, in the terms of challenging, because uh, each loop gets a little bit harder, there is a max out point, but I, I never reached it. I, I, I feel that I'm okay at this game, and I did feel myself getting better, and I felt myself finding more point opportunities. And for a high score game, that's really what it's all about, is finding those point opportunities to get your score up. Uh, the way you play Donkey Kong the first time you see it is completely different than the way you play uh, Donkey Kong for points. It's a whole different game. Yeah. And, and this is sort of the same way. You start taking risks that you wouldn't normally take just to get the points. Now, Aaron, I know you've played this before, uh, and, and I know this is a, a, an arcade darling for you. Did it hold up on playing today? You know, or this week? I'll tell you something. This game really surprised. Of course, I will say this is one of the few games we actually looked at twice. Uh, one of our early, early episodes, uh, Boat covered this on the NES. So if yes. you're interested in seeing how that port looks, and I believe we go into the story of why there's a difference between Brutus and Bluto. Uh, in that episode as well, but this is the, the arcade version of this. You know, I played the one the game of this I played the most is the Coco clone, the Sailor Man, a brilliant game. <clears throat> yes, a, real, a brilliant clone of this game. And I thought I was like, man, this thing's dead on. Of course, the Coco it's gonna run a little slower. I, but I mean, it's not like I haven't played the arcade game much times. But I never, I don't really pay much attention. I just kind of play it for fun. So here I am trying to point press and do well. I had forgotten, or maybe I just I. I think I came to the startling realization that I'm not as good at games as I used to be, and I hate it. <laughs> I'm serious because this game was uh, uh, much more difficult than I remembered it. In fact, yeah. so much so that I went and checked the Dipswood settings. I was like, I think this is set too high, you know, because I don't remember being this tough. Uh, I don't remember Brutus uh, or Bluto being this aggressively. I mean, I remember schooling this guy in the arcade. I would be laughing as I ran back and forth. But whatever skills I had, I had to rebuild <clears throat> to a certain degree because early on I was getting humiliated. Yeah, I couldn't get off the first level. I'm like, my God, I, what, what, what's happened to my skills? Man, on the Coco, I crushed this game. And uh, uh, it, you're right, you have to play, you have to get back into it. I had I played this with a lot more than Gyrus. I felt like I was making pretty good progress on Gyrus, but on this, I would get killed all the time early and just start over. It was just it was depressing uh, as heck. To play it, uh, and so I, I would basically uh, uh, just as soon as I lost a life on the first level, just hit the button. Something else in this game, you don't get an extra pop until you hit forty k. Well, heck, I yeah. never hit forty k, so you forget about that. You break it in and score your points uh, quick. Uh, my strategies on the on the opening level were basically to try to keep a, a, a buffer level between me and Brutus because whatever one way I got killed was him reaching down and whacking me. And man, he is good at it, and he's fast. Something else is the sea hag can appear like instantly, and she can really hose you uh, with those beer bottles, chucking empties. 
as I said in the ad for Sailor Man, uh, the uh, I, but the first level was way harder than I remembered it being. And I've played this; it's like I haven't played this game for years. Uh, the uh, the second level was is the easiest level, uh, uh, far and away. It's also I like the teeter totter mechanic. I always have. I always thought that was cool. You got Sweet Pea up there with the balloon. I like the fact that they worked in some of the uh, Popeye's back catalog characters. Sweet Pea's in there and the Sea Hag. It's a shame they couldn't get uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, his dad in there or or Wimpy. Wimpy's in there. Where's, Wimpy's where, Wimpy's on, on the, the, uh, on the uh, boat. No, he's on the other side of the uh, teeter totter. Uh, but he doesn't do anything. He just stands there. Well, he, like, he boosts you up. No, no. I mean, I want to see him actually get involved. Also, the Jeep's not in there. I like to see the Jeep get involved. <laughs> the goon. There's some guys. If I used to watch the King Syndicate Popeye cartoons when I was a kid. So I'm pretty familiar with the Popeye. Popeye's been around for like 8,000 years. Yeah. So he's got a rich backstory. Uh, in there, but I mean, they, it was still they worked in some of the guys, which is cool. Uh, I think this is a, a wildly original. It's almost a, it's an abstract. It's a, you know, it reminds me in some ways of like a like a wrestling arcade game. It's just sort of an abstract gameplay. There's no like it's not a pattern gameplay at all. As far as I know, there's no pattern you can go through in this game because Brutus is relentless and <clears throat> and trying to catch you. I mean, that guy is a great, well designed character. The fact when he does that double jump and the whole screen shakes, it's very impressive. Uh, I like the three. I think the three levels are diverse. I think a fourth level probably would have added to the appeal, sort of like you know Donkey Kong. Yeah, I think it needed a fourth. But uh, it is what it is. The graphics are off the charts. Yeah, unparalleled at the time. The sounds okay. It's got sort of a Donkey Kong level of sound. I'm pretty sure they were on similar hardware. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, cer- certainly sound wise. Uh, but man, this is this is an all time stone cold classic. In fact, even more so than Gyrus, I think. And uh, I don't think this is a player like Gyrus, but the pa- overall package is top shelf. It comes in a uh, it comes in a cabinet that's exactly it's the basically Nintendo style arcade cabinet of the time, which was the, the same one that Radar Scope and Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior. They all came in it. It's a, and it's a good clean cabinet. The 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 uh, uh, bezel art is beautiful. Yeah, the, absolutely. Uh, the the, uh, uh, the the marquee is beautiful. It, it, the side art it's just a picture of Popeye or nothing. Uh, but uh, but still, it's it's overall it's a good looking cabinet. It's got that kind of powder blue with the orange. Nintendo really even early on they had a, they had a style uh, and a and a way about them that worked. And their arcade portfolio can't be underestimated. They put out some good stuff. And this is amongst the top things that they ever did. I mean, is it as good as Donkey Kong? No. But in terms of graphics and, and playability, it's a great game. And I, I love it. Uh, I wish I'd done better, but I felt like uh, I had a decent run. Uh, I was pretty consistent with the scores I got. I was always getting in the 30s. Uh, and I, I could see a room for improvement there. Like you said, a lot of it's just learn how to manipulate. It's a lot, in some ways, it's kind of like Burger Time. You sort of have, or, or Donkey Kong. You sort of have to manipulate the enemy and go to where you want. Because if he gets anywhere near you, he'll hose you. You know, well, and there is some uh, uh, manipulation that can be done. Uh, my what I found to be most useful when going for score for this is you want to be as high to the top of the screen as possible. 
because the notes or hearts that you're or letters that you catch during that time are worth more points. So what I would do is the the very top level you can't really do much on because the the it doesn't go all the way across the screen. But the next level down, I would <clears throat> uh, lure Bluto below that level. And then I was able to run back and forth on that level, keeping him below me, and and I could uh, make him jump, jump up at me, and then turn around, go the other way, jump up at me, turn around. So he was always below me, and I found that was the best strategy for me on that level. Also, after you get the spinach and, and you hit him, and he goes into the water, you can guarantee a 4,000 point uh, bucket drop if you time it correctly. Uh, on the video I provided, I was never able to get it, but I, I did later on get to the point where I could reliably get 4,000 points as he would climb up to the, or as he would move across the bottom of the stage. So that is that's vitally the way used, important. That's the way I used to do it when I was younger. I could never land that. 4,000 point bucket. And, and the thing is, I remember because he'll pause down there. And if you time it right, you can yeah. get him. I never could do it, man. I guess, well, like I said, if, if it was demoralizing. I, I remember as a kid, that's the way I did it. I was like, oh, I, and I would cackle with the light. I, you know, I was like, that was part of it. You know, it's it, it's gratifying to kick this guy's honey after he spends the entire game trying to murder you and you can't do anything about it. Here's the other thing when you have spinach, uh, heart pickups or you know the things coming down from the top of the screen are doubled yeah so it is in your best interest to pick up the spinach when you have a lot of uh symbols at the top of the screen that will allow you to double those points uh, it's all these type of things that are necessary to really get a good score yeah also if you have a heart that is sinking at the bottom of the screen or a note or whatever <coughs> Getting the spinach stops that from sinking. Yeah. So you can, uh, if you know, if you're in a bad shape, you can actually get the spinach and stop that from going into the water any deeper. Yeah, you really need to hold off on eating that spinach until the last, until you until you find it's almost like a get out of jail free card when it comes to those hearts. And you're right. I, one thing I knew early on was about the, the point doubling for it. This, you know, it's funny how they. I got to give them credit, design credit, because it's, this game is very similar to the cartoon. If you're watching Popeye cartoons, he spends the whole video getting the crap beat out of him, humiliated, looking like an idiot. And at the end, when he eats the spinach at the very end of the short, he goes out and destroys the bad guy. That's exactly what this game is. I mean, they got it perfect. I was surprised that hitting Buddha didn't give you big points. That was one thing that did surprise me because I well, kept looking. I was like, here we go. And, I'm like, and, you're like, and you don't get Jack. You know, and, so. and here's the thing. Knowing that, you need to use it at better times. Yeah. Uh, another thing you can always do is when when you're uh, collecting the music notes on the second stage. <coughs> excuse me. If you immediately jump off the top ledge, turn around, jump in the hole in the middle ledge, and jump on the seesaw, you will always catch for 500 points every time. And there's absolutely no reason not to do it because uh, there's it doesn't change the positioning. There's no notes to collect, and you can it, it's an easy 500 points every time. 
making that jump and grabbing hold of the baby is another big point pressing technique yeah. while you're waiting for other things to happen. You've got and, a little more space on the second level to operate because it's harder for Blue to get around, and he, he and you and it's not that the notes. I don't know what it is about that level. But it's it's easier to navigate than the first level, and certainly easier than the third level. And on the final level, uh, as we've already mentioned, uh, if you're really going to point press, you keep taking out the buzzers over and over and over. Uh, it's another board that you can manipulate. Uh, the, to get continuous bottle thrown at you. It's not really recommended at this stage from what I w I've seen, uh, but it can be done because if you get caught in that animation where you're, you're punching bottles and the vulture comes down at an angle from the top or an angle at the bottom, your punches will not hit them and you'll, and you'll die from it. Yeah. He comes at weird angles sometimes. What I like to do is get on that top, treadmill thing that would go across the screen and just go back and forth and punch him from up there and you could also get a lot of the, collect a lot of the help letters up there too doing it that way yeah and so uh overall those are the strategies that i picked up uh during my revisit of this game yeah uh you can't get frustrated uh oh, yeah you can well you you shouldn't get frustrated <laughs> it's a hard game yeah it is. and because of that uh you're gonna have some restarts it's just inevitable but it's something that if you keep playing it, you do get better. You do start seeing how you can manipulate things. You start seeing uh, when is the best time to do things. Because if you just run and immediately get your spinach, y you don't want to do that. Spinach is your get-out-of-jail-free card, yeah. whether it be for a heart, whether it be for a bottle getting ready to hit you, um, whatever it is, that it stops all action and allows you not to die. So we should, we should mention that when you when you go through all the levels on this and it starts back up, it gets significantly harder. Yeah. Because then you've got uh, the sea hag throwing skulls at you mm -hmm. from the top of the screen. They bounce down. I also I didn't remember this happening on the second wave. I thought this came on the third set of levels. So I was surprised that it happened so early. This adds uh, basically another projectile you have to deal with on top of the bottles, on top of the uh, Bluto. You have to deal with all this stuff, uh, and it makes it a lot harder because the skulls bounce in sort of odd ways. They don't come down in a set pattern like, say, the spring on Donkey Kong. They will bounce and come down levels at different areas and different points, and it, and it makes it difficult to judge where you could go uh, and where and where, without having to deal with them. Absolutely. Uh, I, found it was, I found it very challenging uh, to uh, get past the, the second set of levels with those skulls in the mix. So as a high score game, I think this is an absolute fantastic game. Yeah, um, good choice. And, and I, I, I think a lot of the community uh, agreed with me from what I saw. Aaron, do you got some reviews that you want to read up there from the community for us? Uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, Bo wrote, um, possibly the world's first photorealistic arcade game. Popeye's graphics seem like they're, they're taken from three years in the future from its 1982 debut. Even today, the renderings of the Sailor Man and his supporting cast are impressive. They that are. said, this isn't one of my favorites. Much like Aaron and Killer <laughs> Instinct, this game is too manic and complicated, and therefore I don't like it. The first level requires you to pick up way too many hearts in advance, and you never get a chance to strategize, because as soon as you stop, the witch starts chucking empties at you. 
Give me Sailor Man on the Coco any day with its dialed back difficulty in the earlier levels. Or on second thought, fire up Brazilian Popeye on the O2 instead. No, never fire that up. <laughs> Mitsuyama writes, this is the uh, uh, epitome of classic arcade gaming. You put your 10p in the game and, and the game over in five minutes later, but there's something about the game that keeps you coming back for more. The great graphics and sound are uh, complemented by the ga- great gameplay that you can expect from Nintendo. I only had one time, I only had time for a few games, so didn't get that close to discovering the game's secrets, but I'll keep coming back to this one. Seven out of 10. A good choice there. I, I agree with you. Brent, why don't we go ahead and mosey on over to our scores here? All right. Let's see how we did. So, uh, bringing up the rear, our good buddy Frodo NL, 5,300 points. Boat chimed in with 12,900 points. Mitsuyama, who won Gyrus, uh, only had a time for a few games, and so still managed to get 13,430. Buck Owens, perennial uh, Coco Talk game master, chimed in with, I can actually say I beat Buck Owens in something, Brent. He came in with 33,880. <laughs> Your boy, Amigo Aaron, came in 38 grand, 250, 38, 250, not too bad. I was depressed that I couldn't get higher, especially after you posted that thirty-two thousand score early on. I was like, "Man, that's a, that's." And it, it's funny when I first saw your early score, I thought oh, that's crap. And then I played the game, I'm like, "Man, that's good." <laughs> uh, the Brent came in uh, second, sixty thousand five hundred forty. That's a good score. And then uh, Z nine K nine was King Dong on Popeye, an impressive sixty-eight thousand even on this game. Very impressive. And the Scores. the world record currently for this game that I could find yeah. is three million two hundred seventy two <laughs> thousand five hundred and ninety. There you go. It's funny. I should I should mention. I looked mine up on. I looked up Gyrus as well uh, to see what the record was, and uh, they've got two records on there. One for the uh, emulation and one for uh, the uh, uh, actual or the actual playing it on an actual VCS. Uh, the v- VCS one was submitted uh, in 2004, and it's a 1,023,100. That's on a real Atari. The emulated uh, version uh, was submitted uh, on uh, 7, 9, uh, 7, 8, 19, so just last year, and it is only four, uh, four, uh, 420,400. I looked at our scores. We are actually... Uh, we're actually knocking on the door of the top five on the emulated Atari front on Gyrus. So if anyone feels froggy, they can go in there and give it a whirl. Now, I will say um, the uh, this the settings for uh, playing this uh, the Gyrus on the home version is stock settings. So they also have a category for playing it on hard if you feel froggy, but I'm not anywhere near that. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I thought these were two fun games. I enjoyed the high score challenge. We may have to put that one back on the wheel one of these times, Brinster. Absolutely. Speaking of the wheel, let's fire this sucker up. <laughs> Stole Bam. your line. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you suck, dude. So this week, Brent, we've added, um, well, we've added a little something we like to call Game Boy Color versus Neo Geo Pocket Color. Another one of these. And for our classic game, we've got the Sharp 68,000, Brent. That's what we've got here. So I'm going to spin this sucker. Uh. Round and round she goes. There's a lot of there's a lot of tr- bad news on this wheel. Oh, God. What do we got? 
<laughs> oh, jeez. The tat the tattooing Einstein, Brent. I'm, so, well, I'm sorry. Bless you. What's what no, was that? No, no, that's what you. That's the pie piece you made me. I'm, I'm going to pull it right out of the piece here, so I can pronounce it correctly. Here it is. The tattooing Einstein, Brent. Please go and tell us what the hell is that? Uh, that's pressed fiber. It's no, used for pre- what is that? What is? Oh, I, I got no idea. You idiot! You've done it to <laughs> us again. Well, next week we'll attempt to play games on the. Tatung Einstein, whatever the heck that is. Another week of wacky. We're going into the realm that no one treads, my friend. <laughs> you got any uh, shout outs you want to give before we put this thing to bed? Uh, I just want to wish everyone a, a belated Merry Christmas uh, or Quasi Kwanzaa or however you celebrate the end of the year. And uh, looking I think we're all to, celebrating into this year, by yeah, the way. Yeah, looking forward to a strong start in 2021. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank everybody that showed up in chat today. Had a good crowd out here. Thanks, fellas, for uh, turning out. We appreciate it. Uh, we we uh, tape live every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we hope you will come and join us and have a chat with us. We appreciate you. Uh, Brent, let's take this thing to the house. High score challenge in the books. So until next week. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Ram, W. Vetke, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rachmason, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroallergy, Hermsky, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.